people. <laughs> All right, why don't we get started? As more people come, they're welcome to come in and join us. Uh, this is uh, hosted by RMI, the Rack Manufacturers Institute. This is on rack safety and inspection. Um, my name's Dan Clapp. Um, I'm joined with, by Steve Johnson and Tom Coons in this presentation. Um, what I'd like to do is talk a little bit about RMI. Uh, we are a, um, uh, a non-profit trade organization of the, we like to think, better rack manufacturers in North America. Um, we are the industry leaders and suppliers of uh, storage racks. And uh, we also do uh, most of the research and we write the RMI specification. We also have a number of different guidelines um, that are available through the RMI uh, um, site. RMI dot, um, or, or mhi.org slash RMI and there is also a list of all the current members uh, of RMI up there. We are the American National Standards uh, accredited standard writing body. And um, uh, we also have promoted, uh, pr provided and promoted what is called the R mark. And I'd like to talk a little bit about the R mark for a moment. The R mark is a seal that has been um, licensed to ma rack manufacturers who have presented calculations, test data, and have gotten them reviewed by um, storage rack engineers to essentially show that they are capable of meeting the RMI requirements uh, in the specification. This seal is then, the RMARC seal is then affixed to storage rack design, um, both drawings and um, uh, capacity charts to show that you, the, cust the end customer, along, or affixed with, along with a professional engineering seal to show you, the end customer, that the racks have been manufactured to the standards of the, uh, uh, of the RMI standard and has been reviewed by a real live engineer. Um, there are a whole bunch of resources available, like I said before, uh, at RMI or mhi.org slash RMI. We have the, um, the uh, considerations for planning and use, which is an excellent resource for end users. We have guidelines for the assessment and repair and replacement, um, which are great things to uh, evaluate storage racks um, and repair of storage racks. We've also got frequently asked questions up there and we've got a whole bunch of uh, safety blogs. Uh, it's a hell of a resource. So I'd like to introduce Steve Johnson, who's going to talk uh, about uh, some of the uh, considerations for safety, why you want uh, storage.
storage racks to be safe. Okay, thank you, Dan. This first picture, we don't want to scare you, but we do want to show you that uh, this is not what you want. We want to make sure what we're trying to get across today is an opportunity for you to purchase and design the correct rack that you can keep in productive so you don't miss any downtime. So we got some ways that we're going to show you what to look for and then how to prevent it. As you see here, uh, this is for the columns. So the, uh, you can see on the middle picture there that that's got a column in the middle, uh, like halfway up that's dented that you got down at the bottom. That's probably your most common area that you've got some dent, so a lift truck hitting it. And then at the end of the aisle here over here on the right, now you've got uh, the frame bracing. So the uprights may be in great shape, but the bracings that are holding the uprights together and giving them the strength, they're compromised. So what we want to do today is give you a, an idea of how do you keep your head on a swivel? How do you look for these things that are alarms to keep from that first picture that we showed you? And we'll get into that. Uh, as you see here, the base anchor. So uh, on the bottom, you got to keep your eyes in the, on the bottom, top, middle. On the bottom, yes, it's got uh, two really good anchor bolts there, but it may have required three or four. So know how many anchor bolts you're supposed to have. Make sure that they're not uh, disengaged in any way because that's kind of like a loose tooth. Uh, it's not if, it's when it's going to come out, and that it's not if or when you'll see that first picture for you. Uh, this is probably the most common. This is where your beams are uh, permanently deflected. Now, most of the time, this is from a lift truck. This can cause from two, from two different ways. This is, is, is the most common reason for this. One, the aisles are too narrow, or two, you're using the wrong lift truck. So a lift truck is very expensive, as you know, and, and, but moving rows is even more expensive. So it may be just ask your integrator, your dealer, to make sure you are using the correct uh, lift truck uh, for your, the size of your aisles. This is an example of an accessory. The, yes, you're using wire decking, but the load is a line load. So you got all the wire, just all the weight just on the wire. So then you've got on the, the failed line load, that's a potential problem. So you really want to know what's the worst case scenario that you're going to put up in your rack on the wire mesh decking. Then here's an example if you're just going to use the beams to set your pallets across. And that is an option. It's obviously the most least expensive option because it costs nothing. But you're vulnerable in this area to where if it's supposed to have six strands and it only has three and two of those are cracked, you're going to have the picture on the left. On the right, you've got 100 pallets to put up, and your lift truck driver puts up 99, perfect. But if it's on the top level and he misses a little bit, you're going to have that domino effect. The great news is, we just saw that, there's ways to correct all of those. Here's the first one. Uh, we showed you that at the bottom, the column was dented and all that. Here's a great way of just putting a buffer, if you will, the, the bullnose on the bottom of the floor. Um, there's are multiple ways of this. The great thing about this, you could do this beforehand. You can tell your integrator or your dealer that, hey, I want this when, I, when you first put it up. But these are also all retrofit. You could retrofit it after you realize what areas you're having the most common damage. Now, this is a great example. These are the end of the aisles. And most of the time, this is where the, it happens because you've got a lot of traffic in your aisles more so than within the rows. If you'll picture yourself driving down the interstate and you've got the guardrail, that's kind of what you have on the left. Um, so that's most common in the rows. Keeps the, the uh, lift truck from damaging that. And then on the right, they kind of they put like a bumper, if you will. So 
there was, you got double protection there and the orange one is dented, but the great news is it has nothing to do with that rack. So it kind of acts as an alarm for you. It, uh, it's like the bumper being damaged, but you don't have to replace the whole car. You just got to replace the bumper. And then here is a heavy duty bracing. This is on the bottom level. This is like we said before, that where you have most of your damage is a lift truck backing into your upright. This is very heavy duty. There's nothing 100% foolproof, but this is absolutely the, the Cadillac of it. It's got the most steel, if you will, and you can, you can design this from the beginning. Now, there's a great saying, you're only as strong as your weakest link. These are very, they look, oh, this is not a big deal. These, but these are what holds your beams into your uprights. So these uh, connection locks, um, you may say, oh yeah, I do have it, but it's not attached properly. And so it might be a little loose. You need to have your head on a swivel, your, your safety guy, head on a swivel to make sure those are always engaged. On the right, that's for the a bolt. So that's for your structural. Uh, obviously, those don't get knocked out near as easy, but you do want to make sure that they're always, uh, that you have the proper amount of them that's required. Now, this bolt-in shelf bracing, it, it's for two things. One, I showed you before, if you offset a pallet, this would help it there but it also works as a, a stiffener, if you will. So if a lift truck backed into this, this, uh, this beam, it would be act as a stiffener and it would not cause permit deflection as easily as if it didn't have one of these. And then here's the accessories. On the left is wire decking. Uh, so it's pallet rack, hand stack. But in the center, you've got bar grating. So that's really robust, strong for the really heavy ones, whether it be a heavy point load or line load, or you might be putting a motor right in the center of that shelf. That's when you want a, something really heavy like the uh, bar grating. And then on the right, that's more like if you don't, if you want like a more of a solid shelf at a smooth s surface, uh, that particular would work place. Now with this, the decks are, this tells you a little bit more about the wire decking because it is the most common that you use there. There is, it's multiple reasons why it's the, the um, used across because of the versatile storage. So you can put a pallet up there, you can hand stack, you can use it in multiple, multiple areas. Just like the beams uh, and, and the rack has an R mark, we are fortunate to be a part of that. It's critical to know that your decks are R marked as well. It goes back to the saying is you're only strong as your weakest link. So why would you get an R mark rack and not get an R mark deck or any accessory for that matter? Uh, saves on insurance, visibility, so just like water can go through it, so can light. Uh, the custom options when you go with the wire decking, whether it be accessories with the dividers, you can create a system. And then when you create a system, you solve problems and you, that's where you save money. And then the last part of the wire decking side of it is, it's the fire marshals. We, uh, as deck manufacturers, uh, we love fire marshals. They, 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 guarantee, they make sure that you use uh, open mesh versus any kind of solid shelving there. So I'm going to turn that, this over, Dan. Hmm. All right, you get a rack system, and there are several levels of inspection that go along with this rack system. Um, the rack systems today are high performance structures. And by what I mean by high performance structures is we are asking one pound of steel in a storage rack system 
to do 10 times the work that a pound of steel in this building is, okay? Your boss has bought you a high-performance car. You're going to take care of it. You're going to inspect it before and after and during. There's several different uh, inspections uh, that, that go into the, the uh, lifetime of a storage rack. Um, there are inspections that are required by the building code of the manufacturer. And you'll want to find out and make sure that the manufacturer has these levels of inspections in place. Uh, all fabricated components um, need to have either an individual inspection done during the time of fabrication or needs to be done at a fabricating shop that has been approved for their quality control. After or as the rack is being installed, um, so the building code uh, requires an inspection. Um, the building code also installs, it requires the uh, anchors be inspected as they're being installed. Um, other installation inspections are that the racks are being installed plumb, the half inch in 10 feet, uh, that the shimming of the columns for plumbness is installed and in place, um, both in the cross aisle and down aisle plumb direction, and that the beams are properly locked in place. When you buy a rack system, you will get what is called a load application and a rack configuration drawing. This is essentially your roadmap to the different configurations that have been reviewed by an engineer prior to the installation. This is not the only configurations that this rack system can be used for. But this is the ones that have been checked so far. If you want something different, contact the manufacturer or an engineer skilled in storage rack design, get this, the new configuration <laughs> reviewed, get an addition to the load application drawing. Um, you need to inspect that the floor anchors, storage racks need to be, need to have every column anchored throughout the entire system. So you need to make sure that you've got the right size and location shown on those that load application drawing um, and that it is embedded the correct amount into the concrete. The way you can tell is each anchor, each anchor manufacturer puts a stamp on the head of the anchor, indicating how long it is, and by how much is left sticking out, you can tell how far it is in the ground. You also need to make sure that the accessories that you've asked for are located in the proper places. Column reinforcing, post protectors that Steve talked about. Um, and uh, important thing that I see a lot that people do not put in the right places is the back-to-back -back ties. The back-to-back -back ties should be located at a diagonal end and they should be generally located high in the system 
low in the system, but primarily where it is shown on the load application drawing. You also have pallet supports, wire decking, and backstop accessories, among others. Along with the load application drawing, the load application drawing being the definitive information, the RMI specification also requires that in one or more conspicuous locations, a plaque showing some information this is not all the information about the design of the system. This is just to give the people who are operating in the warehouse some information about the warehouse. It's kind of like the plaque on the door to this room that says cannot be occupied by more than 100 people. What does that mean? But this is, gives you some of that information. The pallet weight, the height of the first shelf, that kind of thing. Another in system inspection, the owner is responsible for the storage racks to assure that the racks are used and maintained properly. I have a picture here of a storage rack. Just, uh, a, a upright frame that's got a little bit of damage on it. And the thing is, is the people of this warehouse have passed by this upright this particular upright, multiple times every day, and looked at it and said, hmm, that looks okay to me. I'll just keep going. No, you should report the damage and get it fixed. This upright happens to be at the end of a row, very easily fixed, very easily replaced, and um, it, uh, uh, makes for a much safer rack system. As a matter of fact, the reason I was at this warehouse was because they had a collapse in another portion of the warehouse. Now, after the rack is up and being used, and you're real happy with that, uh, the performance of this system, you want to inspect it on an ongoing basis. And the question that always comes up is, how often should I inspect my storage rack? And it turns out there's multiple items that you want to take a look at in the operation of the warehouse to determine how often to do the inspection. Think of this as check boxes, okay? The more traffic there is in a portion of a storage rack system, the greater the potential for damage. The, and it turns out the less expensive the product is, the more potential there is for damage. I, go, I build racks that store power boats, uh, where they pull them out of the water and stick them in racks. I tell you, there is no damage on that rack. <laughs> um, the narrower the handling aisle, uh, equipment aisle is, the more damage. You may see on the equipment a minimum aisle size, given an extra couple of feet. One of the things you'll find is that the warehouse will, will be more productive, which is why you got the warehouse in the first place, and it will also be safer and you will experience less damage. Um, 
the aisles with transfer aisles. Those are the low, those are the aisles that in the middle of a rack row you can go from one aisle to the other. Highly susceptible to damage. Um, and then areas where there has been damage in the past generally are indicative of uh, places that have potential future damage. Uh, Cold cells, cold environments are also very susceptible to damage. And um, so the more susceptible to damage they are, the more they ought to be inspected. If you take a look at that list on the previous page, racks with a high degree of damage potential. And what by that, what I mean is four or more of those boxes are checked. Uh, should be inspected at least once a month. Racks with a medium, three or more, should be inspected quarterly. Um, racks with a low damage potential, two or more, um, should be inspected at least once a year. And then all other, all parts of the rack system should be inspected at least once a year. You should go through and uh, check it out. The other thing is, is those of you who are in uh, areas of the country that have high seismic potential, you should inspect the rack system after every major earthquake. I offer this form as a way to do the inspection. There are on the table in the back of the room copies of this form. Feel free to take them photocopy them, and use them. Basically, what I do when I do the inspection is um, is in this area, I indicate where the damage I found was. I indicate in here what the damage is, and then I put checks in this area. Uh, the idea behind the location is to be able to go back and, and see it. Generally, you're not going to find more than four or five different kinds of damage. So um, you can uh, go through it this way. When you're inspecting, what should you inspect for? You should inspect for, you should first of all, review the load application and rack configuration drawing. Okay, you should familiarize yourself with that. Um, then you also should inspect the condition of the pallet and the load on the pallet. The pallet is a structural part of the storage rack, supporting the loads and getting the loads to the shelf beams. The anchors are something that generally when a fork truck smacks an upright, it's going to break the anchor off. You want to look for anchors that have been, have been broken off. Here you can see this upright is, you can't see the first shelf, but from the first shelf to the floor, that's been hit and pushed sideways because the anchor was broken. It needs to be relocated and the anchor replaced. Um, things that you should look for in the shelf beam is the shelf connection the safety bars, uh, and you should look to make sure that the upright or the shelf is still connected to the upright. 
that shelf connection there is not going to hold a whole lot of load. So um, now you've been using the rack for a while, and you find your situations change, and you need to reconfigure it. You are allowed to reconfigure it to the uh, drawing or to the configuration shown on the load application drawing whenever you want. You don't have to get anybody to review it. You don't have to get anybody to approve it. It's already been reviewed and approved. And essentially it shows alternatives. It does not show all of the alternatives. You can get those reviewed and approved also. What if the configuration is needed is not shown on the load application? You have the review, you have the configure the new configuration reviewed and approved by a qualified rack designer, preferably the original manufacturer. Then you get a revision or an addition to the load application drawing, and then you make, can make the revision. Um, the load application drawing, you should, you should keep on site as long as you have the storage rack, showing all the uh, different things. I'd like to stress this. I can't say this strongly enough. Everyone, everyone in the warehouse has an equal and ongoing responsibility to their coworkers for safety. First of all, don't climb on the rack. Use safety basket and fall protection. Stay in the handling equipment. You don't want to be driving down the aisle hanging your, your head out the side of the handling equipment. That hurts when you hit the upright. Do not put damaged loads on the rack and do not put loads on damaged rack. That being said, I'll turn it over to Tom to talk a little bit about some of the options for repairing and replacing of uh, components that have been damaged. Good afternoon, everyone. Okay, so Dan left it off with inspection and the two things now that we go into is inspection versus assessment. And what I came up with inspection is a careful examination or scrutiny that Dan was pointing out for damage. And then the assessment, the evaluation or estimation of the nature or quality or ability of someone or something. And this is where do you go with the next step when you, after you've inspected this wreck? So part of the RMI documentation in the repair assessment, the RMI guidelines, 6.1, the RMI specification recommends that all damaged rack be isolated and evaluated by a qualified professional prior to repair or replacement of their damaged components. And this does play in large as far as when you start talking about other manufacturing, mixing and matching, that you really want to be careful to isolate it. Uh, also performing a proper assessment of damage can be more complicated than simply fixing the worst damage 
Any process of assessing damage to a rack system must be conducted under the direction of a supervising engineer. So we get into repair the system versus a component, and I feel this is very important that you just don't isolate the component because all these things work together. When repairing rack systems, the supervising engineer must evaluate the loads that are imparted on the damaged component, not just specific member. This evaluation is especially important with older systems that may have been moved or reconfigured during their lifetime. So if you realize this, even though there's different components, they all go together to create a system, and that's how it is evaluated when we're designing these. Other resources for international, we have Canadian, Europe, UK, and Australia that also will touch on repair and uh, replacement as well. Here we go with the document provided from RMI, the guideline for the assessment and repair replacement of damage rack and available at the MHI or RMI. Replace. Replacement is only with the identical parts from the original equipment manufacturer. And we gotta stress, anything else is repair. Because as Dan said, with the Lark drawings, you can go back to those Lots of them have bills of material on them, and you can get specific part numbers from the original manufacturer. Now, there are third-party companies out there, or maybe even other competitors, that may say they can repair it, and now something else will really happen. They're, they're taking on the responsibility as well. So replace, if parts are available, new from the same OEM, parts from other places in the system, you may have extra. Some people even buy some in advance, and, planning on that, and may need to replace anchors in the same location, they can be core drilled out. No need for an engineering review, kind of like what Dan touched on with the Lark drugs. <clears throat> Touchdown below will still be applicable, no need to revise. Repair must be done under the supervision of and reviewed by an engineer for system structural adequacy. And stress here in the red, this engineer must understand that they will be taking responsibility for the React system, not just the repair of components. So you're introducing another player into this life of this rack system. And you're getting outside the realm of replacing that we just touched on. So now they, they've bought into the liability. So now we go on to the talking about the Lark drawings again. Must be revised to show repair kit configuration and location. The LARC drawing, including the revised configuration and components, must be approved by an engineer who supervised the repair. So as you see, you're introducing third-party people to your system. Repair, be aware that third-party, aftermarket repairs, and or repair kits may not continue the structural adequacy of the original system. So there may be some things that the original designer knew upon with this that other third-party engineers, when getting involved, may have missed these assumptions or design requirements from the beginning. Repair kits must maintain frame bracing continuity. And you can see in those pictures there, right here, that we've got diagonal bracing here, diagonal, and there was a horizontal brace here. And you can see the horizontals here. And even on this side, it's even worse 
we've got this big open window where the continuity wasn't continued. Same with over here in this picture, a big open window of no bracing, and that is key, especially in these lower portions of these upright frames. Again, must maintain frame brace and continuity, another picture of that. And in these repair places, you see how the, the bracing is continuous now. It does go up in the Z-Sal intent. Column splices designed to bear must or must rely on bolt bearing. And each uh, half-inch diameter grade five bolt can hold 4,000 pounds from column above. And you can see that it's shifted through the column splice here. Column anchorage, we touched on that. Want to make sure that the anchors are down, they're not loose, the nuts are tightened, torqued down. And repair kits in non-seismic areas, a good repair kit may include thicker or reinforced column, splice at mid-height between shelves above damage, splice designed that is stronger and stiffer than the column, frame bracing continuity from floor to just below splice we just talked about, and stiffer base plate and anchorage. Repair kits. The design of the repair kit needs to be done with the approval of the original manufacturer. Again, staying with the OEM. The bracing system has to be designed in unison with the original frame and system. And again, with the large drawings that we've been talking about and really preaching about, it's very important. And the liability for any failure may risk on the owner. And here's some resources from RMI that you can find at the MHI.org site. And I'll leave that up there. I see some taking pictures and very helpful guidelines and documents to help you out. And that concludes. So we'll take any questions out there for any of us. No questions? Okay. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Have a great rest of your show. If uh, anyone would like to review this presentation, it will be available on the MHI website. Uh, I believe they say, they're saying in about 30 days um, it, uh, the PowerPoints will all be up there, the, the references, and any one of the three of us would be more than happy to answer any questions that uh, you want uh, that comes up uh, at any point. Um, so. Hey. Hi. Hey, Steve. What's up, John? All right, I saw Steve earlier.